Alright guys, welcome back. Top Ends Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eli Quibby. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 2. We are back with um, a guest. She's already been on here before. We talked months ago when she was back in Sweden, not even in America. She's back in America. She's playing in the Lone Star State now. It is Annika Schmidt. Annika, welcome back. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. Um... All right, what is up? How are you? How are things? How is Texas? I know the snowstorm came and um, Texas had an absolute stroke, but how was everything? You know, sometimes the stroke makes you a little more grateful for everything in life. Um, all I'll say about that is um, it was just a challenge for the whole state. Um, I think that I had to wake up super early just to go find water bottles. <laughs> um which is kind of a challenge when you're an athlete, but I mean, um, I didn't, I didn't ever feel like scared or whatever, but honestly, like I said, just makes you grateful for water, electricity, and the things that like come easy to you every day, like Wi-Fi and stuff like that. I'm like, some people live their lives like this consistently. So hopefully it made everyone put their grateful cap on and hopefully they're like, wow, some people live like that. So yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, my parents, as most people know that are listening to this, moved to San Antonio, Texas, and they got hit, and it was just craziness. My parents had to eat McDonald's every night. Uh, like every <laughs> every grocery store was like completely vacant. Like I just can't even imagine what was going on, especially with you guys. I mean, you're a professional soccer player now. Um, but let's get into what some news came around. Um, after you were on the first podcast back in August, that. You got loaned out. So what happened? And then we'll get into more things about this club that whatever happened with the club that you were at. Um, but yeah. let's talk about how the loan process was, uh, what what it was like, and what you learned from it. To be honest, um, obviously it was one of the best teams in the world in Sweden. Um, how do you pronounce Gothenburg. it? Got what is it? Goth. Well, you can say Gothenburg or Yetzibor. It's just like. But say Gothenburg, that's more Americanized. Okay. But um, uh, basically, what happened? Um, it was just a long stroke of injuries. Um, and obviously, the media only tells you the bad stuff. But I actually got back from my first calf tear, and um, to be honest, I think I got thrown back into things a little too early. The staff was really um, kind there. They even admitted to throwing me back a little early. But most importantly, um, you have to take responsibility for things like that. And I think I obviously have to take responsibility. I'm not to blame for getting another ta uh, calf tear. But you can take responsibility. It's my body at the end of the day. Um, I need to be able to step up and say something. So I learned something from that. But um, I always was surrounded by great people. After I came back from my first calf tear and then tore my other calf two weeks after I was back, or tore the same calf in a different place, actually. Actually, I ended up rupturing my calf the second time. So it was a challenge. Um, but honestly, those two injuries um, drew me closer to my staff and closer to the girls on that team. And um, at that point, after I got the news about rupturing my calf, um, it wasn't a question for me that I needed to do something else. And my agent actually called me and was just like, hey, 
um, Gothenburg needs you fit and ready for next season. At this point, there's a few international breaks, um, which are basically the national team players go away and the people who aren't a part of the national teams or don't have the national camps um, will stay. And basically that was only like four of us. So we'd be training with the F19 team, which is like the younger team. And I was just like, I'm just never going to get back to fitness shape, um, soccer fitness um, on the field uh, with a ball at my foot and just like being able to have that soccer fitness to endure games. So my agent was like, um, we, uh, I want to send you on loan so you can get game experience um, while for the rest of the season. Because at that point, we only have in the first league, there was only, I think about, seven or eight games left and then in the a league the league that I was going to be loaned to there was about I think I ended up playing in like 12 or 13 games so it was awesome for me honestly um I went to a team um in northern Sweden in Chaleftio called Sunanel and um got to be around some amazing people got to create really good relationships and started to play again um actually was playing right fullback uh made me grow a lot as a player um she put me on the wing told me i could possess the ball um on the wings um team wasn't the strongest through the middle of the field so she was like you can either play in the middle and just kick the ball along or you can play on the wing and possess the ball and i was like i'm playing on the wing um, definitely presented some new challenges, made me grow a lot as a player, um, both experiences in Gothenburg and in, um, Shaleftio, um, really shaped me as a player on the field, but also as a player off the field and just as a person. So yeah, I mean, here I am in, um, Houston, Texas, uh, love it here so far, but um, uh, head coach James um, reached out to me from Houston about, I think, in October. And at that point, I was still going back to Gothenburg. Um, I had a two-year contract with Gothenburg, and that was what I was committed to. And so it was just an interesting conversation um, when James reached out to me. Um, I was still kind of set on going back to Gothenburg because I just felt kind of broke a little about what happened there with my injuries long story short um was honest with james told him about my injuries told him about getting sent on loan um and he really wanted me to be a part of what the dash were doing so yeah here i am now um uh several conversations later and this is honestly what was best for me but there was no broken bridges and i think that's so important wherever you go people can just look afar and, and see what they want to see. But as long as you continue to build those relationships, like life is, is great when you have soccer, but it's better when you have people around you. I completely agree. That's, I mean, what a way to start your career. You go to Sweden uh, by yourself in the middle of a pandemic and then all these injuries happen, but then you come out getting loaned out. Um, and you were loaned out to Mason Miller's team, right? Yeah, it was so great. Um, she definitely played a huge role in getting me back on the field um, mentally, not just physically, mentally. I was really stubborn at that point. I just came from one of the best teams in Sweden, and I was just obviously a little like 
embarrassed in the sense that all this happened. And she helped, honestly, in a sense, humble me. And that was a new experience for me. And she humbled me and and was so graceful uh, and gracious with me um, and really helped me get back on the field, not just physically, but mentally. Um, So we are very different people when it comes to soccer, but it's amazing how much that relationship she was willing to provide me with like helps me not only on the field but off the field too so that was really a godsend for me to be loaned out to be with someone and be around people who are familiar yeah and then if you guys don't know who mason miller is she uh played at butler and grew up playing with annika and taylor who's just on the podcast so little butler connection there um and then those of you that don't know the houston dash is in the nwsl and they are arguably or are the best team in American women's soccer at the moment. Um, let's just talk about some of the people that are on the team. I, I did some research, and it's quite incredible who's on your team. You got two to three guy, or g- women on the women's national team for the United States, and then a, a girl who plays for uh, England's national squad. So just talk to me what you've seen so far like with these girls um, and the coaching staff and what's going on in, in Houston right now. All right, what's going on in Houston? So we just started preseason, not just, in February. February 1st, we got a pretty long preseason, um, February through March. Um, we actually have, I believe it's th- four Canadians on our team who are a part of national team. Then we have Rachel Daly, who's um, from England, and then Christy Mewis um, just got back into the national team, really psyched for her. She really has worked hard for that. And then Jane Campbell is the keeper, is one of the keepers for the U.S. women's national team. And um, after last season, um, all those girls in their respective national teams season are respective national teams they've definitely earned it and it's been uh such a testament to them to see the work they've put in to get to their national teams and to showcase for their national teams um christy mewis is a a really special story she was in with the national team for a bit and then kind of left the national team um and then just got called back this year and she's she's shining out there so it's just fun to watch your players and have that connection um a few of them actually two of them or three of them we haven't really seen yet because of covid and protocols with the national team but um the environment is very um i would honestly say it's great being a part of a pro team where everyone is leveled in a sense where they treat you it's a business relationship but they're also looking out for you as a person um our head coach and our other coaches um have made it really clear that they um know that we're people most importantly versus just soccer players and they have our back but on the field like this is serious um doesn't matter who you are um the dash way is to just work your work as hard as possible outwork teams and i really love that culture here um the culture also reminds me a lot of butler to be honest just developing that culture of courageous um actions repeatedly over time and and what are you going to do to sacrifice um anything to win ultimately and i love that attitude uh just the passion surrounded by the club um and the enforcement that they have um, of you to be the best player you can be every day. And they're always challenging us. It doesn't matter who you are, how many games you've played in. 
there's always that challenge and our practices are insane. It's like everything is like a game day. So it's really exciting right now in the preseason mitts um, and uh, really love the style and really love the attitude that um, everyone's portraying um, with the culture aspect. Yeah, it looks incredible. I mean, I followed you guys on social media when obviously you were announced to be on the team and you guys, I mean, it looks just super legit, like top, top, top of the line, like club. I'm just, I'm happy you landed somewhere that's like a good fit for you and excited to see you on the field. Um, What, so Taylor and I talked um, on the last podcast about, I was asking her, I was just pondering questions like superstitions or like what do you do before games or stuff like that? What were your superstitions in college that she was speaking about? Because I didn't, I didn't ask her in detail because I was gonna ask you, but she said you had some pretty, um, some ones that stuck out to her. You're asking about college. Yeah, and then, well, and then let's kidding. let's see if it still went on in Sweden and see where we're uh, at now. Gosh, there were a lot. Um. And the reason there was a lot because I could have a lot because I had everything really like there to have all those superstitions. Um, I mean, I would go as far as like, okay, what sports ball am I wearing today? Like which sports ball did I train well in at training and which uh, sliders did I train well in at training and uh, which socks and everything like that. And then, gee, my pregame meal was like consistently the same. Maybe I would change one thing in it. And then, um, Yep, I would listen to the same song before every game. Um, it's a Christian Christian song. It's called Brother. Um, just, like, got me in that team vibe. It's like, brother, let me be your shelter anywhere you go. Um, just, like, talking about, like, just, like, I don't know. For me, it just lifted me up. Like, I'm going to carry anyone who needs to be carried because I know they're going to carry me on this team um, in college. And then I'm trying to think what else. I, I always used to write on my hand um god strength compete um 7247 and then energy i always felt like energy was a word that i coined at uconn people called me the enter like literally just like called me energy because i was like crazy and excited all the time um the 7247 was kind of a motto we had a butler like seven days a week 24 hours of the day we're going to do what we we're going to do whatever we can to have that winning mentality off the field as well as on the, on the field um, to give our team the best chance of winning and being successful. God's strength was always that number one um, on my hands and just reminded me of um, who I am um, and where my worth lies. And whenever I was just feeling a little, oh, it's one of those bad days, just look down at my hand, look and see that, um, God's with you no matter what. Um, i trying to think of what else. Um, I'm looking at some of my college pictures right now around me. I'm like, what else? Oh, I'd always wear makeup. And that's like a big thing. I like wouldn't <laughs> wear makeup. <laughs> Maybe I'd wear mascara or whatever, like during the week. And then like, I would just like put on like makeup for the game. So that was like something funny. I was like, look good, play good. Um, I was like, you never know who's watching, but that was just something in particular I like to do. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, it's a long list for the game. Yeah, it was like crazy. Now I'm like so much better. (laughs) Who knows? You never know. It could get worse. It could. Yeah, it could be. Um, wait, what was like your pregame meal before 
uh, at college, obviously, when you go to Sweden, the food is probably a little bit different. What you, yeah. you eat. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just make grilled chicken. And then I'd have like a veggie, like, um, like the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Some vegetable, like probably zucchini. I like zucchini. And then, uh, quinoa. Yeah. That yeah. was like basically Basic. it. What but was it when you were it, in Sweden? What were you eating? Like, what was like the deal there with like food? <laughs> Honestly, they had a lot of similar foods. Um, I just think there wasn't a lot of, it's like really funny. There wasn't as much artificial, obviously rarely did you see things that had artificial flavors and also that means everything is like higher calorie because they don't have those artificial flavors and sweeteners so it's like higher sugar sugar and whatnot but I mean everything was really the same the food was really fresh um knock on wood I didn't get sick at all when I was in Sweden I think it's just the air quality you know like take better care of their economy and and the food that they're they're cooking and making um but yeah i mean everything was really the same obviously the ins and outs of the grocery store was kind of hard didn't have like a lot of like organic sections or anything like yeah, that you're all so about like, the organic stuff yeah but like i was just like they don't have that stuff because like all their stuff really is organic right because yeah. like it's just like how they their produce is just so much different um but yeah i mean like i tried to do similar things there but it's just harder to have more superstitions when you actually have to drive to the soccer field versus like me in college. I just had to walk outside the soccer field. Yeah, that's fair. You know, yeah, just different. But I'm hoping to be a little less. Uh, honestly, I always argued with Taylor about this because she called them superstitions, and I would be like, "No, they're just things I do before the game to like." has structure for me it was structure i was like no this see is what i'm doing for that's how i see it too because it like what you said wasn't necessarily like i feel like a superstition is something you do like right before you go out or something yeah i mean i'm sure i i mean i i did stuff like that too i just can't remember but it was just like i had structure like i had hardcore structure but sometimes i realized like if that structure kind of fell through i would like have like this little like <gasps> Like, what do I do? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but, um, yeah, I've tried my best to kind of stay away from those things. But to be honest, I I like it. I like the structure, but I've kind of learned that in last year. Structure is good for me before games because um, I like having the predictable there. I don't like having the unpredictable before I play a game. I like to be able to focus my attention only on the game. If yeah. that makes sense. That's understandable. Um, yeah, but she's not wrong. I mean, I was crazy. I'm still crazy. So <laughs> it's just like an element of who I am. It's good, though. It's it's better to have structure than be lazy on a game day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to be, think, you wanna be like focused the full day. You don't want to have to like focus right before you go out on the field and stuff. But um, let's move on yeah. to I want to know Uh, in Sweden, your facilities looked the only thing I saw was like the turf field you guys played on. What's the facility like at, in uh, Houston? Oh, so the facilities in Sweden, like the field was good. The off the field, we just like didn't have a gym. It was like this, maybe like, I don't even know. It wasn't a gym. And just things weren't just like, it's such an elite club. They just didn't have the money to support them. And I just like don't know how to describe it other than that. And like, to be honest, for them, it's not a, honestly, these girls are, incredibly amazing soccer players and like 
they're just out there doing what they they love. And it's just a testament to them that they don't need all that glitz and glam, but obviously they could have been um, helped with a full-time athletic trainer or something like that. Those are things that they absolutely do and should need. Um, here at Houston, um, honestly, I walk in the, the doors every day around 8.30 and I just have this smile on my face. And I leave and I just have this smile on my face um, because I'm like, geez, like I understand there are things in this league that continue to need to grow and whatnot, but I'm like, I'm so grateful to be able to walk in, have a locker, um, have a locker room, have my name on a locker. And literally we have this incredible staff that we walk outside to training and everything's set up. And like not only staff that just works with us, um, that we see, it's like we have equipment manager who is always out there setting up training. We have uh, a grounds crew that's just like out there, like, I don't know, until 11 at night, just like taking care of the grounds. And then we have a janitor who is like consistently there, just like cleaning everything. And like, it's like about the little things um, that are just like, geez, that's what helps the club. That's what helps the club succeed. And all these people are wanting us to succeed. And I don't know. It's just like crazy. You can't, I can't be any more grateful to be able to walk in. Um, the grass field is, is great. I love playing on grass so much better than turf, to be honest. I just, I don't feel it as much in my body, which is really awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not complaining. I, I think our, I haven't actually been to the stadium. Um, so I'm really excited to do that, but what I've seen, it's beautiful. So I'm not complaining. There's yeah, nothing looks, to complain about. The facility looks insane. I don't, I mean, again, I've seen it on social media. It just looks like, it looks like, honestly, it looks like a little like Premier League setup, like how a Premier League team would have uh, multiple yeah. practice fields, an area you can go to gym, area you can go to the, um, get therapy, stuff like that. It just looks like super legit which is exciting that's how it should be you know what I mean yeah of course and like I said like all those people and like our athletic trainer our, our PT um all of our coaches like our our strength coach like they're all the reason why we can be successful right and like of course you can be just players who are grateful to play the game but it's like those people help so much and they're just behind the scenes working their butt off whatnot but it's like gee without those people like it's like certain things wouldn't work right um but uh, it's pretty awesome and I, our coaching staff does an incredible job to recognize the small things um saying hi in the morning and saying bye when you leave just simple things like that just recognizing people recognizing the un- the things that people usually don't recognize um and just being thankful for those little things yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you got put in a great situation. I know you were, uh, I mean, we talked about off air enjoying playing over in Sweden and you were getting game time, but I bet it feels good to be back in the States and at this team. I mean, what an incredible, I mean, like, what else could you ask for? You know what I mean? No, I mean, like, that's, I kind of describe it as like, I'm, I'm like, God shocked um that's kind of the way I've been describing it I'm like I went three years in college playing I think 55 out of 57 of my games like not getting injured um and then literally just had this year 
of injuries. And I'm just like, when James first reached out to me, um, obviously my heart wanted to go back to Gothenburg because I was like so convicted by just being injured, wanted to go back and prove myself, be gritty. But at the same time, I was just so humbled by the fact that this amazing club just reached out to me and like this opportunity is in front of me and like just being able to come back and play in the U.S., um, being surrounded by the people who love you and support you was just like something so special. And just it being Houston Dash, um, it just made it 1,000 times better. Um, I was there in preseason. I was sad to leave, but extremely grateful for the opportunity being in preseason there. Sad to leave because of the pandemic, but um, I got up, got up and, and went to Sweden and grew a lot as a player. And um, look where I'm back at now, just like literally where I was last year. Um, so it's just, it's a God thing. And like, I'm grateful for the staff for continuing to follow me and and bring me back to Houston. Um, like you said, like, it's like crazy how this worked out. And I couldn't have, I couldn't have put it together in a puzzle any messier or any better. And that's the beauty of it because it's, it's really about the grind and like, can you continue to take that one step forward? Even if you take a step back, like that's really what it is. But, um, when I spoke to James and, um, was speaking to Twyla about the culture of this team and, um, the future of this team, um, it really excited me. And when you have uh, coaches that are surrounded around the same mission and the same passion. Um, it just like inspires you and empowers you and you want to be a part of a club that you can just feel has like greatness for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, again, I'm just really happy and proud of you that you, I mean, this past year has been crazy for you. Going to Sweden, getting injured, going on loan. Yeah. Injured again, now you're back with the dash, recovering, getting better. And then obviously these people that are around you at the club and all these amazing women soccer players are just going to lift you up like on the field. Like You're going to become oh, yeah. 10 times better than what you already are, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, all the players I'm playing with are stars. Um, yeah, isn't that it's hard crazy? not to get a little star shook when you're around them, right? Um, but like again, it's just like at the end of the day, uh, they are people who have literally worked so incredibly hard to be where they're at. And so both of our jobs is to push each other extremely hard when we're training so we can be the best players we can be. And that's so important here that there's just um, with the dash, they just have this um, culture of, of competing and it's so exciting it's so fun just to be a part of practices and compete and get frustrated and then get back up and compete and you're like you said competing against the best players in the world um it's hard not to ask for some of their autographs uh <laughs> which is kind of funny but um also just like touching on the injuries like you're never given anything you can't handle. And there was times where I was like, is this for me? And I was just like, yeah, this is for me. I've had one bad year of injuries, but look, I played in 14 games in Sweden. And like, it's like, I am in a sense, not grateful for the injuries. I wouldn't say I'm grateful for the experiences that it provided me with and the wisdom that it gave me. And that's all you can continue to ask for. You have to find 
you have to find the opportunity in the struggle or in the challenge. And right now I'm just trying my best to do that and just enjoying the process and trusting the process. And I'm grateful enough to be surrounded by people who allow me to be myself on the field, be myself off the field and enjoy that process. And I really trust the staff here um, with Houston, but they've earned that trust through their actions and whatnot. But geez, it's like, it's so amazing that I'm here and I, I can't be any more happy. Yeah, it's that's awesome. I mean, I feel like I'm talking to Kobe Bryant right now. Just the, mo- <laughs> no. the motivation that's coming through the screen right now is quite incredible. I'm just no, no, Kobe, it's awesome though. Kobe. Obviously, it sounds like you uh, I mean, you know what you want to do, and you have everything that I mean, you have all the tools now. Like, no excuses to not like. I mean, I'm sure I I can't touch on it that much because I mean I'm not a professional soccer player, but being around people that have like been at the highest point and like these girls that have been playing in the national team for years and seeing that is probably like so motivating every single time you go out on the pitch and have training with them. Like you're probably just like, I want to do that. So like, yeah, yeah, it's gotta be crazy. That's the cool thing. It's like every day I have a chance to learn from these people who've been playing in this league for seven to, I think, we have someone on our team who's been playing the league for nine years, maybe someone 10 years. Sophie Schmidt just got pretty sure, um, pretty sure it's 200 caps for Canada. I'm I, yeah, pretty I think sure. It, I think it was, yeah. And like, I get to sit next to her at lunch and I'm just like. And your last name's, your last name's the I same. I know, I know, it's so crazy. <laughs> but like, and then like, it's just like, like I said, it's just, these incredible women who have worked so hard and they're the reason the league is where it is. Um, but it's just like, wow, it's just like amazing. And, and I would love to say, I, I know all the answers, but that's what life is. It, it like kind of throws you the answers. It's just whether you're willing to accept it and, and grind through it and, and work. And um, I think honestly, the hardest challenge for me right now is allowing myself to with these injuries be okay um being where I'm at right now but accepting the challenge to raise my game with these players and I just have this incredible chance in front of me to just grow from these players who have so much experience and of course I'm going to compete for a a spot and of course I'm going to compete but in return that's my duty to this team to compete and work as hard as possible because like I said we're going to make each other better and it's kind of cool. He said Kobe. Uh, I talked about Kobe because he talked about how like he literally loved to fail. Like he quote said, "I love to fail at something because it it told me that I could still improve in my game." And I was like, "That is so key." Like if you never try to like try things new and you never fail, you're never going to know you can grow. And that's so important. And that's just a part of his work ethic. He would be in the gym, whatever, 3 3 a.m., 4 a.m., working as hard as he can um, to get better. And for me, it's like I'm surrounded by all these players. I know I'm going to grow. And I just hope that I can continue to grow and also push them to grow. And that's what team is. It's like you guys have to or we have to compete against each other for a spot that ultimately the coaches choose. But at the end of the day, our job is to push each other to make each other better and um, and obviously win, right? That's important too. Yeah, absolutely. And you, uh, 
I mean, yeah, that's very true. Kobe was the best at, like, talking and saying what he was doing. But it's really good to be, like, uncomfortable with, like, what you're doing, too. Like, that's how you you grow. And I know you're doing everything, like, in your own power to be uncomfortable and just, like, grow as a human and as a soccer player in front of yeah. that organization you're at now. Um, what? All right, I have a question I asked Taylor. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, you watch a lot of, like, soccer, right? Premier League. Yeah, I'm big Premier League. I want to get into the Bundesliga, but I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about it, but... You're a Liverpool fan, right? Or are you a Van Dyke fan? Uh, I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, Honestly, I've started to watch... And, like, people in Europe would hate me if I said this, because, like, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're a Liverpool fan, right? You support only Liverpool. I love Van Dyke. Um... I think he's the best center back in the world. Um, so poised. Um, I don't understand how he always gets so much time on the ball, though. I think it's people ins- are just afraid of him. It's insane, isn't it? Like, th- yeah. <laughs> this man gets the ball and can just sit on it for, like, three minutes and then make a pass. That's what I'm like. I feel like some of our center backs, like, honestly get pressured way more than he does. They definitely do. But I love Liverpool. They've been obviously having some challenges, whether seen or unseen, um, behind closed doors. Uh, I feel for them, but I've actually picked up watching, still watching watching Liverpool. I've actually picked up watching Leeds. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got Let's into go, just the story. Hey, and ironically, right no way. Whose jersey is it? Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, he's injured right now, and his grandma just died. It was I, so sad. He's going through a hard time. Did you watch the documentary? Um, what for what? Leeds? Amazon Prime. Yeah, Leeds. Yeah, I did. That's how I. I'm a huge Leeds fan now. I just love their story, and they play. I love how they play. Yeah, and it's really cool because I actually just like started to invest in them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I watched like literally those. This is how crazy I am about soccer and emotionally invested i watched all those amazon prime uh, you cry? documentaries and i was just crying <laughs> the whole time i, I can see crying. that yeah, i like, can see that i'm telling you like okay here's the thing i don't remember the last time i've cried about something other than soccer and like that's the crazy thing i'll get home from a bad day and i'll be like like whatever and then like i come home and i watch a documentary on soccer and i see how beautiful a pitch is like for example like um i just like was watching the tottenham one and i was like i started crying because the field was so pretty and i was just like that's like who i am though that stadium is incredible the new tottenham stadium but uh that's crazy you're a leeds fan because i'm a huge man u fan and like leeds and man u were like the biggest rivals in the 1970s. So everyone gives me banter for supporting Man U and Leeds, but I don't even care. I love that documentary. I've already told people on here, like if you have Amazon prime, a thousand percent watch it because it like you watch it for like how 10 episodes and like you have to become a fan. I don't know what it is. Of course. Yeah. But like also because here's a thing that people forget, like, and I think that our team has done a really good job of emphasizing this. Like we're athletes second, right? We're people. And like, we have real lives. Like when people say things about us on wherever it is or media or anything like that, they don't realize that we're people. They only realize that we're athletes. And like, 
um, a lot of the players on leads were just really raw and authentic about like how they felt about certain things. But like, that's also a part of the, I don't want to say that's a part of the challenges. Like we as professional athletes, like accept it's not something that we feel like is a great part about our, what we do for a living, but like, it's something we accept because no matter what anyone says to us, it's like, we love this game and no one's going to take that away from us. And there it's just pure passion. Right. And like, we get to go around and, and play soccer for a living. Like, it's just so amazing. And of course it's hard work and it's not for everyone, but it's just like, it really does like, I don't know. Like, it's just like creates that humility um, for yourself. And, and you're like, wow, like I'm doing this, but people also don't realize what you're doing on a daily basis to get, where you are just like anything in life though like no one sees the hard times and whatnot no one no one sees that um but it's really just like it's interesting to dive into these players lives because I wish they would do a documentary on some of the women's teams um like for example like Alex Morgan just had a kid like how crazy is that she's back playing with the national team and she believes cup it's just like went to Tottenham went to Tottenham for a little bit and then yeah like exactly yeah. no we got some amazing players um on our team obviously too but around the u.s that just like i, I would love to dive into their story it's like people only want to spit out what they see in person or, or what they look like on the field but i'm like geez like you can feel the hours of commitment um they put in because not only are they passionate about the game they're passionate about their team and oh, that's yeah. so important yeah if Amazon Prime, if you're listening, let's get it going. Annika and I will yeah, be. Yeah, get it going. We will. We will get this production on the road. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, if you, if I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a soccer fan. That Leeds United documentary is like the deepest dive and so raw and uncut of these, the players that it is. If you are watching the Premier League right now, it's it's all their pretty much their best players. It's like Luke Ayling, Calvin Phillips talks about Patrick or Patrick Bamford's on it when he gets signed. And basically, it was the year they got promoted to the Premier League and the year before that when they lost to Austin Villa and Jack Grealish. Um, and they failed and then they came back and Marcelo Bielsa like got them where they're at now. Um, that's awesome that you watch that. Yeah, it's it really is. It's cool to see like how they handle themselves and the struggles they go through during a season. Everyone just sees them on the field and is like, oh, they're they're winning games against these big clubs and they're playing well and they're getting pulled in yeah. the national team. But like you don't see that's only like 10% of their life, like, which is crazy. Yeah, no, but it's like, that's why that, that bonds. Um, and that like, I want to say brotherhood has, is so important. Um, just like any community you're part of, like they built that community that allowed them to be successful. And Marcelo actually, it's probably a huge reason that probably is a huge, huge reason they were able to be successful because they built that brotherhood bond. And it's like, for me, it's so cool because in this environment, I get to learn from the best players in the world. Does that mean I'm going to start every game? Who knows? But gee, I get an opportunity every day to learn from these girls who've been playing in my position for seven, six, five years before me. And I'm just humbled to step on the field with them. Do I know I'm going to get better? And like I said, we're going to compete for a spot, of course. But it's just like, if you can create that brotherhood of at the end of the day, we have each other's back and we don't make the final decision who steps on the field. Um, it 
can elevate a team in an incredible amount. And I just feel like that's the culture here at Houston. And that's so exciting because if you can leave the pettiness at the door and just go out and compete and then be great friends off the field, um, that's just like, that makes for the best team possible. And that's really brotherhood. Um, but yeah, definitely watch the documentary um, on Leeds United. That was probably one of my favorite ones. But yeah, Leeds fan now. And obviously, first and foremost, Liverpool. But um, yeah, Liverpool. I definitely watch like all the games. Like I watch so many games. Like I just literally have Peacock and like NBC Sports on replay when I come home and I watch our training session. Um, they film my training session and then I like have this TV back here and I just watch it. I'm like, okay, which game I want to watch today? I'm the same uh, way. I, Me and my roommates, we on Saturday and Sunday, are we're glued to the couch and that we just watch every Premier League game. Like, yeah, it, it's just so exactly. addicting. But I was I was asking Taylor, I was like, because she said, I know the Butler girls, you guys all watch soccer, but like, um, I was just, I asked her, I was like, why do, do girls in America, like, I don't know if it was just growing up, but like, I feel like a majority of the girls like don't watch soccer. Yeah, I think that's more of a cultural stigma. Um, I can guarantee you girls a lot more girls watch soccer than you think. Um, but also, if you think about it, it's just like, why would these girls be watching soccer when for such a long time, like soccer was just emphasized with males, right? Um, and that's a culture shift right now. In my days, it was my little brother Sam and Christian growing up, they were watching soccer. So I was watching soccer. They were playing outside and, you know, I was out there trying to kick them in the shins or anything like that to win. Um, but like I had that, um, that push from my brothers. And also I was just crazy about soccer from a young age. I remember one day I lost in high school and I, I tried to chase the ref off, off the field. It was so bad. Oh, um, God. Not at Zionsville. Not at Zionsville, but I was crazy. But, like, I really started investing in soccer when I, like, chose a team to follow and, like, someone who, like, I really loved their style of play and embodying that in my own style of play. But, like, like I said, like, if we don't shift the culture to, like, put more emphasis on, like, oh, my gosh, there's a women's game on today. Like, it's challenging for women to get involved. But I am telling you, there's a lot more um, women watching sports than you would think and you know what some players to this day i'm sure some of the male players um in premier league don't even watch a lot of soccer because consistently they're watching soccer on a daily basis yeah, right absolutely so they need that they need that mental break um and that's a challenge for me because i sometimes i don't need don't know i need that mental break and i'm just like soccer 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 and then all of a sudden it hits me like oh i need that mental break but yeah that's kind of my opinion on all of that no i definitely feel that i'm just it's awesome to hear like a girl's perspective of like watching soccer and like learning from it i think it's huge like you watch your favorite players watch like people in your position i'm big on like watching my favorite players like for instance i a huge Kevin De Bruyne fan and I play in the midfield so like I watch his highlights and like try and like emulate what he does on the field obviously yeah. might not work you're not he's a Paul in... fan no I'm a huge Paga fan but I mean I just some of the stuff he does I just it's just out of my league <laughs> it's just out of my league um, it's out of your league <laughs> but I just think it helps a lot like it with your play of course 
Yeah, I think it does too. And, and everyone needs that person to look up to, right? Like, it's just so important that like your experiences and you kind of said it earlier, well, I'm not a pro athlete, so I don't know how it is. Well, actually, like you get a taste of it every day. Um, you can be a pro athlete or you can be working a job or whatever, but it's just like being a pro at anything in life. It's just literally giving your heart to something and trying your best and working your absolute hardest every day. And that's a commitment you make and it's a choice that you make. So it's like anyone can do that, but if they see someone who they feel like they could be like one day, it makes it easier to feel like the goal is attainable versus just a dream. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of the cool thing. I followed some uh, national players and actually um, even just one of our teammates right now, Christy, um, she even said something like, I've been just something like I've been lying to myself that I wanted to be back with the national team. Um, and um, I've been lying, like something like that. Like she, she's always wanted to be back with the national team, but she never wanted to admit it to herself that she wanted to try to be the best soccer player she possibly could be. And I was like, there's humbleness combined with a player who just realized that she could tap into her full potential if she just believed that she could and look at her she like literally comes in at the end of the game starts all of the game yesterday um scored got an assist she's literally making the most of every moment she gets um but yeah it's just like crazy when you have that mentor or i'm sure like for me like i'm looking up to her and i'm like gee like there is never a right time right like it's never like, this is my time or whatnot. It's like, there's never a right time for your time. Like your time will come if you continue to put in the work. Yeah. It doesn't, and that's like, it, there's no anything. time on it. It's just, you're right. It, yeah. just, it literally just comes like so naturally as you keep working harder. Exactly. But the thing is that's so sad. And I've tried to help younger kids with this, that I mentor is like, we give up too early. Right. It's like we give up that second someone says we're not a good soccer player. And when I was younger, I had that people tapping into my ear. Oh, like you're not now get good enough at this. Like, oh, you're not this and this. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to put that aside and I'm going to use that to fuel my fire and keep going. And if anything, like if I can continue to help try to mentor people to not fall short of their their goals and just allow them to be dreams, but like actually to make those dreams like a reality for themselves to be able to push past the little setbacks or what they call failures in a sense, um, to achieve those things. Yeah, no, you're speaking the truth. You are spitting facts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you, uh, you know, all these things and you have a great insight of like what it takes to get to where you're at. Um, I'm still learning too, and everyone. Yeah, which is me crazy. Helps me learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, how long you've been in Houston for a month? Yeah, I got here like January fourth. I know, like January. I don't know. And then actually, sadly, I somehow got COVID, so I was quarantined. So I was like, <laughs> I was like laughing. I'm like, okay, God, like what else can I happen? You want to throw me the cur- yeah? I was like, throw me the curveballs again. I was like, screw it. I'm getting back up. Like, and then the snow came. <laughs> and then the snow. Yeah, that was like, it was like the apocalypse. But like, I'm like, I'm just like, 
I don't know. You're never going to be prepared unless you have experiences, right? And like people around you mentoring you. And that's been the biggest thing for me. I've had coaches who continuously support me and mentor me and friends like you and, and family. And that's so important. It is. You're right. A great supporting cast goes a long, long, long way. Um, have you been around Houston yet or have you like seen anything? Yeah, so I'm actually in, I would say it's called the bougie part of Houston. Oh, I'm like that's... close to Uptown. All right. So yeah, it's pretty bougie. And I'm like, I don't know, like props to Houston Dash for setting me up in this uh, place. It's called Millennium, Millennium Heights, I'm pretty sure. It's so nice. And like, I'm, I like literally have a door that I can close. It's my room. I'm so excited to have my own room um and then like there's like shops all around us I'm like looking out my window like what's around me and it's a great place to live there is some traffic um there's like six lanes of like traffic Texas uh, traffic is different it's crazy it's like it is... I don't know if I want to drive in the middle lane or the right lane or the left lane like everyone's coming from any angle and there's so many ramps so I'm still it's... kind of being like a defensive driver and people in Texas drive insanely fast yeah exactly I know and like I've always been like I don't know I'm one of those people who's like when I'm in the car I want to get somewhere and like which has not been the best trait to have but like (laughs) I'm like now like a defensive driver I'm like okay I'm just gonna go to the speed limit please don't hit me and like my car has like sensors on either side and it's like beep 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 every time a car passes me and I'm just like oh my gosh okay yeah Texas I I realized that when I went for break to San Antonio, I was like, yo, first of all, people in Texas are insanely fast at driving. And then the traffic is like, I mean, we're both from Indy. Like we think traffic going to uh, Keystone is like bad, but like, no, it is a different (laughs) level. Yeah, I know. I like, I like, I'm like crazy though. Cause I leave like super early for training because I'm like, there's no way I'm ever being late to training. Um, but how far away are you from yeah. the uh, training facility? 15 minutes. Oh, that's not even bad. It's so awesome. It's And I have a car, and it's so easily accessible. What so, time are your guys' yeah. uh, training sessions usually? Um, We usually train... Uh, we start practicing at 10. We have a meeting at 9. Um, so I usually get to the field around 8.15. That's just because I like getting there early. And, like, I don't know. I'm, like, excited... Not, I don't know. I know. I'm excited to like wake up and go to what I call work, but I don't necessarily call it work. Um, it's just something I love to do every day. Um, and I guess that can be your job. Hopefully people have jobs that they love to do. So I get to go to my job and I'm excited to go to my job. So I go early and then I leave late. And that's kind of how I like it. Yeah, that's sweet though. I think, uh, yeah, I would be excited as hell to go to practice and training and do all those things i think yeah it's yeah. it's just awesome i'm so so happy that you've made it somewhere that is motivating and you can like look up to these people and like obviously you work insanely hard like you're gonna get you're gonna get to these that's i mean i talked about with taylor i talked about with taylor you're blonde <laughs> and you play defense you know who's gonna be calling gosh yeah that's i that's my that's my goal and we like, both know who it is we're not gonna say it until it happens and then we have you back on the podcast but yeah we know who is so, calling 
that's been a goal of mine since I was younger and and I'm fighting for that. Um no. I think it's about patience right now. If I I can't bet, but I would put money down in the next year <laughs> and a half you will be getting a call and you'll be a blonde defender somewhere. Um somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But that's so funny. I know, um, we talked about that cuz yeah. I was like Yeah, it's I can see it happening. I think um I mean it's just awesome. I need to get, I need to get some Houston gear. I need some. Yeah, you do, of course. Um, I I'm actually number twenty seven, which is awesome. That was your number at because that was Butler, right? Yeah. Wow. So that was so cool. That's awesome. I know. I was pumped about that. Um, but yeah, you got to get some gear. Got to sport some gear. Get some other people on some gear out there. Um, I know. I'm gonna definitely gear. try. Raybo and I will fully try to come see a game. Uh, yes definitely i think we'll have fans i think um yeah i can't really talk about our schedule yet because it's not out but i think we will be able to have fans i'm not sure yet but um yeah the league's been great in uh, scheduling everything but we do have the challenge cup first which will be really cool but for me right now it's all about getting healthy being patient enjoying the process and and learning from the people who are in front of me. And I think a lot of people who are young and they're pro forget that it's okay to go to one of the best teams in the world and breathe and learn from the people who have been there for seven, six years. It's only going to make you the best version that you could be. Like, there's of no other course. way. There's no other of way. Of course. Yeah, and I, I can't be happier. Like, I'm, I'm here hopefully for – I want to be here for the long run. I love this culture. I love the team. Um, and really, um, it's up to me to put in the work and um, uh, continue to prepare myself to compete and play with these elite players. Yeah, it's awesome to see. I'm rooting for you. I think you'll be thriving once everything is like <laughs> normal, you're fully healthy. And then on top of that, Houston, I mean, you guys will be training outside all year round, which is great. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna. I like need to like, like. Uh, I like crazy enough. When I was uh, preparing for preseason last year, I actually legit would wear sweatshirts and like Under Armour to try to like train for the heat, which actually I think helped a little. Um, Probably. Well, now you have now, no issue because it's gonna be like 114 degrees in the summer. <laughs> I know. I need to get fit real fast. Like I need to get other. I'm like telling my trainers, I'm like, I'm used to being really fit. They're like, it's not gonna come over time. Like, I'm used to being really fit. Like, make me fit. You're gonna now. be you're gonna be in a different kind of fit. Yeah, I'm like realizing I need to eat more and like drink more electrolytes, but yeah, drink you know, your body like, armor. He makes you stronger. Like yes. if we can play in the heat, you can I play just, any anywhere. Anytime, yeah, it doesn't even matter. Exactly. Exactly. And it's such to be honest. Like winning is finding an advantage, right? When you play against someone, that's winning. You're finding the advantage of your opponent. And if we can always have that edge when people come to play us um, and just having that edge of just being the fittest players on the team in the heat, that's an advantage. So it's kind of cool to have that advantage um, if you look at it from that perspective. But yeah. No, it's awesome. I'm super happy for you. I'm glad we got to catch up again and get everything yes, aired yes. out. I'm glad that you're doing well and you're getting healthy and Houston's treating you right, even though the snowstorm happened, but I'm glad. <laughs> hey, that's a real, th- I mean, like, Texas needs help. <laughs> like, literally. 
we could talk about that for another hour like i am just <laughs> shell-shocked that happened but um annika yeah, thanks for uh thanks for coming on i know you're actually your last podcast is one of my uh top three most listened so people like to hear hear your story <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i think i think people like to hear honesty and like sometimes i'm embarrassed to be honest about my story but i think the most important thing is like god's put me through these um tough times in my life um to find the opportunity in a sense and like he's always brought me through them but he's always brought me through them to be stronger right he never fails you and that's so important um with anyone doing anything they love whether it's sports or anything like that but honesty is so important um and i've had some people who have been raw and honest with me about their journey and it hasn't been all butterflies and flowers and that's what's helped me um that's what pushed me forward so if i can be anything like that to someone out there who needs that little leg of encouragement um i'd, I'd love to be that but yeah it's awesome you sent me some encouraging you. yeah you sent me some encouraging messages a couple weeks ago it really helped me out so i mean <laughs> Hey, I will always lean on you. You can lean on me. And um, definitely once everything is back and you're playing and you're in form and back to normal, we'll uh, get another podcast and see how everything's yeah, going sure. in the next couple of months or so. Yeah, we got to do that. One day I'm just going to flip it and just interview you about your life. Oh, maybe. Um, and still, <laughs> We should do that. <laughs> if you want, we can. If you want. All right, let's sign it up. Let's sign it up for sure. Hey guys, not sure what happened. Um, I think the time like went out for the Zoom or something with Annika, but we talked a little bit longer. Um, it was about over an hour we talked, so a lot of the information didn't get put toward the end. Um, we were just having some banter talk. It was pretty funny, but yeah, Annika, thanks again for joining. Um, we I absolutely love interviewing you and talking to you. Um, really good person and rooting for you um, and have a lot of respect for you for everything you do. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, season two, we're going to keep going. And uh, yeah, excited for everything. Hope you guys enjoy and uh, happy Monday and glad you guys are still listening.